Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Good afternoon. My name is Rana Devonport, Director of the Art Gallery of South Australia. And today for our lunchtime talk, I'm thrilled to be able to speak to you about a wonderful new acquisition in the gallery's collection, which is currently on display in the Eldoing. And it is by an artist called Aki Unamata. And she's quite a young artist. She's 37 years old and uh, born in Tokyo, where she now lives and works. The name of the work is called Think Evolution Number 1 Kiku Ishi Ammonite. It was made in 2016-17 in Tokyo. And it's a mere two minutes long, which is hard to believe, really, because it's completely mesmerising. The work has only been on display, really, for one week because it was only very recent that uh, we opened our doors after closure for 10 weeks due to COVID-19. And already, with the doors open, every day I'm seeing a cluster of people, of course, 1.5 metres apart, but watching uh, this incredibly mesmeric work. What you see is a very large screen, beautiful screen, and on it is uh, what looks like a shell. In fact, what the artist has done is create a 3D printed resin version of an extinct ammonite. She's worked from a fossil of an ammonite, and what she's done is created this resin-like sculpture, and she's collaborated with an octopus. 300 million years ago, the ammonites disappeared along with the extinctions of dinosaurs 66 million years ago. From its shell structure and nature of fossils, it is assumed that the ammonite is closely related to the squid and octopus. The octopus has discarded its shell in the course of evolution, yet it is known to use tools such as coconut shells and bivalves to protect its soft body. Inspired by this tale of evolution, Inomata began a journey of thought experiments to restore the shape of an excavated ammonite shell from CT scan data and arrange an encounter with an octopus. I saw the work at Art Basel Hong Kong a couple of years ago and I was um, very struck by it and in the space the artist was there and so we had a very long conversation and she was saying how when, when she placed the sculpture in the tank she was amaze at how quickly and how lovingly the octopus interacted with it. So, a little more about Aki's work. Aki is an artist that has been thinking about the relationship between humans and animals and uh, the perspective of other living forms. Jacob von Ixhull has referred to the worlds of other creatures, non-human creatures, as the Umwelt, the study of the Umwelt is something that Aki Inamata is interested in. I'll talk about a couple of other works she's done. One piece was called Listening to the Growth Lines of Molluscan Shells in 2015. And she was very interested in how, just like the age rings of trees, the shells of a clam tracked the life force of that creature. And she was very interested in the enormous impact that the Great East China earthquake had in 2011. And the shellfish had shown remarkable signs of growth soon after the earthquake due to an actual decrease in the number of competing species. So think evolution number one really follows this trajectory. She's particularly well known for another uh, marvellous work where she's 
worked with sea creatures called Why Not Hand Over a Shelter to Hermit Crabs, a series she initiated in 2009. With that project, she created small, again, resin, 3D-printed homes for hermit crabs. Her first experiments uh, created a spherical-like form, and basically the hermit crabs weren't very interested. Then she studied the hermit crabs and discovered the kind of shapes that they like to inhabit, and this uh, shifted her designs. What is, of course, charming and reflective of wider issues in society is the little sculptures that appear on the top of these small resin forms. There's the Eiffel Tower, the Arc de Triomphe. There's buildings from around the world. And so this idea that the hermit crab can inhabit and, in fact, carry the world within its own form. Another major project that she entered on was called How to Carve a Sculpture in 2018. She was really interested in how beavers create their own environment and really craft and form a great transformation of riverways and waterways. In this project, she left pieces of timber for the beavers to carve and then she took those forms and really expanded them up into a human scale, had them carved out of a timber, uh, the appearance of timber in a stone, and then positioned these sculptures around a waterway. She did a project uh, at the Tawada Art Centre in Japan, and this was a major solo exhibition. And she called the exhibition Significant Otherness. And in fact, that's taken from uh, the historian and writer Donna Haraway, a book that she wrote called The Companion Species Manifesto, Dogs, People and Significant Otherness. When we're looking at the history of art, it's interesting to consider how artists have long been engaged with the idea and the reality of animals. Of course, there's the whole history of equestrian painting, which is very much about ownership, prowess and racing. And then, of course, the great love of dogs and cats that appears in, um, in art throughout history. But then more recently, uh, and in fact established in Perth, is the Symbiotica project, which is a quite radical and often controversial experimentation between art forms, really under the rubric of bio-art. Also, there are other artists like Pierre Huyg, who has, uh, with his aquarium project, experimented for some years with the, uh, the notion of working and collaborating with other forms of life. And of course, Yukinoe Yunagi's The World Flag Ant Farms, which was seen uh, many years ago in the Asia-Pacific Triennial in Brisbane, uh, that project began in 1989, featured national flags made of sand which are then destroyed and shifted through the moving of ants within those flag-type sculptures. So really, if we're looking in more contemporary times, there's been um, a, a strong history of collaboration and of working with animals. What, what is really quite distinctive, though, with Aki Inamata's work is how she is 
she's very coming back to that idea of the umwelt, the idea that what is her imagining, it's, it's perhaps in the trajectory of empathy, wondering what the consciousness of what the experience of life is from the perspective of these other creatures. So in this particular work, um, it, we have uh, positioned the work in uh, the elder wing and it accompanies with notions of the surreal, uh, thinking back to Andre Breton's amazing surrealist map of the world where the Pacific Ocean was positioned at its centre and then moving across different artworks and, and objects and artefacts from across the world. So here, it's, it's a wonderful living entity that, uh, that links the Pacific, that links with the imagination of the Pacific, but still considers both the existence of other life forms and our intimate relationship with them. I want to bring our attention back to Donna Haraway. In a recent essay, she has proposed the term Chthulhuacene in her opposition to the Anthropocene, the era we are living in now that takes a very human-centred perspective and, of course, um, reflects the radical shifts in the environment across the planet due to human activity. Unlike the monster Cthulhu that is lived in the depths of the ocean as depicted by the sci-fi novel of H.P. Lovecraft, Haraway interprets Cthulhu as the diverse earthwide tentacular powers and forces, naming each of them after the gods of various elements, including water and earth, such as Naga and Gaia. The Cthulhu scene presents a view of the world in which those that die become compost for the next generation. Come to think of it, Haraway's famous Cyborg Manifesto has described our bodies today as being a mixture of living being and machine, a shimmerer or cyborg. In the same way, the Cthulhu scene brings to mind a coalescence of nature and artificiality or various kinds of living and non-living things. In this way, Aki Unamata brings together these ideas of the cyborg with the sculptural form resurrected from an ancient and extinct life form, the Ammonite, and yet brings our attention to the present day and the responsiveness with living things. <laughs> 